What's up guys, it's JLP, the host of Mastering the Single Podcast, coming to you all with a brand new episode of our new series titled Worth the Wait. And today's episode is titled Worth the Wait, Sex, Purity, and Holiness. Yes, you heard that right. Sex, Purity, and Holiness. Now, you know, this week I stumbled upon this video on YouTube and it's funny because, you know, I started the whole series Worth the Wait. And this um, particular YouTube video, you know, this girl, she was just randomly interviewing these um, ladies and these guys. And she was asking them the question, would you date a virgin? And so I was curious to know, you know, the responses to the girls and the guys. And I was just so shocked that even some of the girls' responses were... were even worse than the guy's responses and I kind of felt so bad and I was like whoa is that is that how we think young people um but I don't believe you know they were Christians you know basically on their responses because I feel like if they were Christians um their responses wouldn't be so carnal and so um inappropriate I just wanted to share that with all of you because I feel that in today's society and especially in our culture, um, even us young Christians, we tend to kind of like bet the word of God and try to um, go with the flow of things. And it's like, we're not saying we're doing the same as the world, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, we're just, (laughs) we're like lukewarm. I'm not saying I am, but I'm just saying, okay. So I feel like we've, I feel like we've actually allowed the world to tell us what to do um, with our spirituality, tell us what to do um, with our sexuality and so forth, um, even to the point to convince some of us to, hey, you know, just go ahead and have sex out of marriage, you know, do what, do you, do what makes you happy, right? And so... You know, I feel like as Christians, we un- we need to understand that God is the master of our life. And, you know, God, he has principles, he has ways, he has commandments set in place that we must follow. You know, sometimes um, believers nowadays don't really want to talk too much about the commandments of God. They don't really want to stress too much about uh, the topic of holiness and purity. They want to mostly focus on the New Testament and, you know, grace, grace, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yes, grace is amazing. Yes, grace is awesome. But at the same time, we serve a God who is not pleased with impurity. We serve a God who is not pleased um, with sin and unrighteousness. He calls us to, you know, um, live a life of righteousness. It's not because we are perfect in our ways, but once we decided to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, we need to understand that now the Spirit of God who resides within us is it's really wanting to um, transform us to have the likeness of Christ and, and to have the image of Christ. And, and from that, that being said, it means in every situation in every way possible so it's not just like us accepting jesus christ as lord and savior and knowing that we won't face um eternal damnation we won't go to hell and we will have eternal life it's more than that it's in how we live our lives it's our lifestyle you know it's in our choices and the decisions that we make it's in our um attitudes it's even when it comes to our sexuality and even when it comes to what we do in a relationship you know um and so we are called to be holy because God is holy. Um, for example, First Peter, verse First Peter, excuse me, chapter one, verse fourteen to sixteen says this: 
as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you live in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy for I am holy. So God is calling us to be holy in all we do. And that even includes our singlehood. That even includes in our relationships. You know, so knowing that God is calling us to be holy in everything that we do, we have to really make sure that um, when it comes to our relationships, there's boundaries in place, you know, there's certain things that we should not do to arouse um, temptation, right, or arouse love um, before its proper time and so forth. So back to the video I was discussing earlier on. So this random video, right, guys, this young lady, she was asking the question, would you date a virgin? And she was asking the questions to both um, men and women, young men and women. And a lot of their responses, guys, was no. <laughs> a lot of the responses were no. I think from the entire video, I think only two people said they would date a virgin. Like seriously, only two. And she asked a lot of individuals. And that really... I'm not even going to lie, that really upset me in a way because I feel like a lot of people don't know the value of um, of sex. They don't know the value of having sexual intimacy, um, excuse me, intimacy in marriage and reserving that for marriage. And I feel like a lot of people play with it as a game, as if it's like what we as people were like candies or whatever like we're food we're like a candy store where you could just shop and get what you want whatever you want without having to like you know i don't understand it but this is the reason why i really was so happy when god placed it in my heart to really start this series you know worth the wait and um this particular episode i will go ahead and speak upon you know sex purity and holiness using the word of god so that we can see you know what what sexual intimacy was intended by god for us when it is in the context of marriage and when it is in, in the context of really you know glorifying god um you know with our um, relationships and knowing that you know we can express love for someone else without having to sin, without having to um, displease God, without having to, you know, bend the, the, the laws of the Lord, right? The law of the Lord. And so from that being said, I wanted to also go to Psalm 119 verse 9. And Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. And when it says men, it's not necessarily just speaking to men. It's speaking to mankind in general. It's speaking to men and women. And even on my social media, as I was, you know, talking about um, this this episode, right? As I was giving you guys an idea of what it would be about. I um, explained on social media, on Facebook, how... It's as if a lot of men tend to believe that, you know, um, being a virgin or practicing abstinence, right, uh, is only reserved to women, you know, or being holy or pure is only reserved to women, but not at all. God wants for both men and women to practice, excuse me, to practice holiness, to practice purity. God wants for men and women to practice abstinence. God's original plan was for us to actually wait, right, wait until marriage to be able to be sexual sexually intimate with the one he has for us 
And a lot of times, you know, it can be hard, you know, when there's attraction, you know, it can be hard, your hormones is all over the place. And also, you know, it can be hard because, you know, what we're seeing on the TV, what we're seeing on the magazine, what we're seeing on social media can all of a sudden, you know, tempt us to really disobey God, can really tempt us to even um, perhaps even lose our virginity, right? So if you're a virgin and you're surrounded by people who are la da la da la you know, there's nothing wrong, girl, there's nothing wrong, sis, you know, to give it away, you know, you love him, right, blah, 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 blah. So you're hearing all these voices, you know, trying to persuade you to not practice um, purity. You're hearing all these voices trying to persuade you to just, you know, just um, give away your virginity um, before marriage um, or before the of course, before marriage with the person that God intended you to be with for the rest of your life, sometimes you fall into the trap to really listen to them. And it's like their voice is, a, you know, is louder than God's voice. And, you know, the only way we can protect our own inner peace, the only way we could be strong when it comes to facing temptations, when it comes to, you know, having more power than our um, emotions or our attraction for someone that we love, it's coming from this verse right here in Psalm 119 verse 9, which says again, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to the word of God? So when we read the word of God, when we constantly place the word of God, you know, um, in our eyes, right? Or in our ears, when we're constantly seeing the word of God, reading the word of God, you know, listening to the word of God, surrounding ourselves with people who are actually living according to the word of God, then that intent, you know, then, and, excuse me, then that also helps us to live a life um, that is holy, live a life that is um, pure, you know, um, and that also helps us to, to stay the course and, and, and to really wait, you know, to really wait, right, to really wait to give ourselves away, you know, um, to the person that God has for us in the context of marriage. You know, a lot of people, you know, they will say, well, when I find the right one, then I'll give it away. The Lord never said when you find the right one, <laughs> but the Lord also mentioned, you know, even way back in Genesis, the book of Genesis, um, you know, when a, when a man is his wife, excuse me, when a man, um, leaves his mother and father and he unites himself with his wife, right? And I'm going to touch on that later on in this episode, but I wanted to go ahead and mention it here so you can understand it's not just when you find the right one, but it's when you find the right one and both of you all um, agree to, you know, take this thing seriously and wanting to make this thing last and wanting this thing to be a, a, a covenant, right? And, and you guys wanted to... Um, lead to a godly marriage right and it has to be in the context of marriage for both of you guys to say okay this is pleasing in the sight of god you know this is honor honoring god right so now we can go ahead and you know go ahead and and, and, and be sexually intimate with one another the way the lord himself created for us to you know be sexually intimate with one another now I just want to go ahead and quickly talk about the story of Jacob and Rachel. And for those of you guys who listen to this podcast on a regular, you are very um, familiar with um, this story because I ended up talking about it a bit in one of our recent episodes titled "That Friend Game Thing." And tonight, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and I'll speak on it. Um, just for those of you guys who perhaps didn't get a chance to listen to that 
episode, I'm going to talk about how, you know, it is possible to wait. It is definitely possible for all of us to wait. You know, sometimes, you know, society will tell you, well, your clock is ticking or they might say to you, you know, how you know you're going to be able to do it if you've never practiced or if you've never given it a, a test drive. But here, you know, when it comes to the story of Jacob and Rachel, we see that Jacob actually waited waited for um, Rachel. Matter of fact, he actually waited for Rachel, you would say about 14 years because he ended up actually being with Rachel's, um, he ended up being with Rachel's um, younger sister, excuse me, older sister, Leah, right? But Jacob, his heart was for Rachel. And so he ended up waiting longer to be united with Rachel. But at the end of the day, he waited and he was able to have Rachel as his wife. And the reason why I was so connected to this story is because him being a man, he actually had, you know, integrity enough. He actually had, um, how can I say this? He was a man of his word, right? So although he knew he wasn't able to have connection or relation with Rachel right off the bat, he decided to wait. He decided to be obedient to Rachel's father, Laban, and to work for him in order to get Rachel in exchange, right? To be his wife. And you see a lot of men these days, even when it came to the responses that I heard in that YouTube video, they were like, oh, I can't wait. Oh, if she's in a relationship with me, she's going to have to give me something or whatnot, right? And so I feel like if a man cannot respect your decisions to wait, to wait for marriage, to be sexually active, to have sexual intimacy, then guess what? That man does not love you. That man does not value you. That is not a man with integrity. And it's the same too with women because there are women like in that video that were saying some things that was like <laughs> completely off um, and, and, and the same with them. So if you see a young woman, you know, you a young man, a young man of God wanting to practice abstinence, wanting to remain a virgin until marriage. And you see this young woman just, you know, trying to, you know, make you lust after her and trying to do all these things to get you to tempt yourself to, you know, you know, have sex with her and so forth. Then guess what? That is not a young lady with virtue. That is not a young lady with worth. That is not a young lady who yet knows her identity in identity in Christ. And better yet, that is not a young lady who respect you because if she respected you, she would listen to you. She would respect your decision and she would respect first and foremost your decision to God to really honor God in this, right? So I want to go ahead and um, explain again, the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife, because I feel that it's a perfect story for me to um, go ahead and touch upon on this episode titled, you know, Worth the Weight, Sex, Purity, and Holiness. And this story takes place in Genesis chapter 39. And I want to go ahead um, and read Genesis chapter 39, verse 6 to 10. And after I go ahead and read the passage to you all, I'll go ahead and explain in depth um, what the Lord really explained to me concerning this and how it relates to the topic and how can how it can encourage all of you listeners who are listening to the podcast right now to really, you know, practice purity, you know, and just really wait on God. It's going to be worth the wait. It's going to be worth the wait to remain abstinent uh, um, in order to really, you know, 
be sexually intimate in the context of marriage with the one that you love and the one that God has chosen for you. Again, so Genesis chapter 39, verse 6, excuse me, verse 6 to 10. It says, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has not withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. I really love this. I really love the type of man Joseph was. You know, Joseph, he was a man who feared the Lord. He was a man who really loved God. And he loved God so much that, you know, he didn't even say that he would sin or he would have done something wrong in Potiphar's eyes or to Potiphar. But he said, he said, how, you know, how then can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? So Joseph realized that the Lord being omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, he is aware of his actions. He is aware of his coming in and going out. A lot of the times, even us as Christians, it's like we feel like God, you know, he's not there. Like God only sees us when we're spending praise and worship time with him. But God doesn't see us, you know, <laughs> when we're acting all, you know, you guys know. But God, he sees everything. There's nothing hidden in the sight of God. And every time when we fall short of the grace of God, or every time when we commit a sin, we're not sinning against anybody else except God. You know, and if we love God enough, y'all, if we love God enough, we would decide to try to please him. And how can we try to do this again? We will decide to be obedient to his word and live according to his word. Not just proclaiming his word, not just saying his word with our lips, but really living his word with our lives. Joseph sees here that if he decided to agree with Potiphar's wife, that even the favor of God would not be upon him. Because you guys need to remember, you know, the reason why Joseph was able to even work for Potiphar in the first place and had access to Potiphar and, 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 and was also the person who was taking care of all of Potiphar's belongings and so forth, it's because Joseph was a man after God's heart, just like David. He was a man whom God walked with. And Potiphar realized that the favor of God was on Joseph. And Joseph was smart and intelligent enough to know if he ended up breaking this boundary, right? And ends up listening to this lady, listening to Potiphar's wife, then the favor of the Lord would not be upon him. You have to realize as a believer, as a Christian, one who have a great purpose. There's not, it's not just any type of activity you must, you must partake in. It's not just any type of environment you must stay at. You have to keep yourself holy before the Lord. You have to keep yourself in good standard standing, excuse me, before God. Because your destiny here is on the line. Your purpose here is on the line. And I want to go ahead and um, go back some more. Give me a second. I just want to show you guys something here 
which Joseph said that was very powerful. And it's in verse 8 where it says, But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. Continuing on, my master has not withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Joseph realized that this lady was the wife of another man. Joseph realized the danger of really committing adultery. Joseph was a man who not only respected and honored God, but he he honored and respected Potiphar. That's very important. Anyone you see, whether you're a young lady or a young man who's listening to the sound of my voice on this podcast episode, if by any chance someone is trying to uh, um, get you to commit adultery, get you to, um, you know, uh, to have sex before marriage, right? Know that this person is not someone who respects you or honor God. Know that this person is not someone who fears God. And know that this person doesn't love you because if this person loved you, they would know that if they would try to force you to do such an act, that means they're trying to remove the favor of God from your life. They don't want you to be blessed. They don't want for God to favor you. They don't want you to step forth into your destiny. Yes, it's really a big deal, y'all. It's not a joke. It's very, very important. And Joseph, he had this wisdom of God to know, to say no to Potiphar's wife and run away. Because he understood that God was a God who walked with him and he is aware of everything. And he knew that he would have trouble with God. That the favor and the success that brought him to Potiphar's wife in the first place would not be upon him. Amen. Now, I want to continue here. I want to continue with the story of Joseph here with Potiphar's wife. And I want to continue here reading verses 11 to 23. Follow along with me if you can. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the out of the house. I want to stop here. You know, you will see people, especially you will see men do this, right? Unfortunately, when uh, men commit adultery or cheats on his girlfriend or his wife, a lot of the time they're going to say, well, it's not my fault. She forced herself upon me. So me being a man, I couldn't resist, yada, yada. But here is letting us know that you see Joseph, Joseph left his cloak. (laughs) He didn't even care about his cloak. He left his cloak and said, He left his cloak, excuse me, it says here, and her hand and ran out of the house. Not only did he leave his cloak, but he ran outside of her house. You know, some people would try to stay. Why are you trying to stay? (laughs) He just completely ran. He didn't even care about his cloak. And then it continues in verse 13 saying, when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, She called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. Verses 16. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Verse 17. Then she said to him, 
this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. Verse 18. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. Verse 19. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. And lastly, verse 20. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. I'm going to continue to verses 21 to 23, but I want to pause here to explain something. You know, at times when you're deciding to do what's right before the Lord, when you're deciding to live a life of purity and holiness, you're going to have a lot of people who tries to make fun of you. A lot of people going to try to even manipulate your actions and say you did something that you never did. But I want you to be aware that no matter what, continue to choose righteousness. No matter what, continue to choose purity. No matter what, continue to choose holiness. Because when you do this, surely God sees and surely God will bless you and will reward you. And I'm going to give you this example by continuing on reading verses 21 to 23. And we'll go ahead and see what happens for Joseph. All right. So, but while Joseph was there in the prison... Verse 21, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison's warden. I want to stop here. Joseph already had favor from the Lord. And it's because of the favor he had from the Lord that caused him to be the right man, right? The right hand man of Potiphar and had given him access to really take care of everything that Potiphar had except his wife. Like Joseph said, but Joseph was smart enough to be a man of integrity, to be a man who fears God, that he ran away and he did not partake of, you know, committing that sexual sin with Potiphar's wife. And I trust me, I truly believe because of that, God granted him favor, even when it seemed like the circumstances were drowning him, because guess what? He was an amazing palace. He had amazing privileges because he was the right man of Potiphar, right? But now he finds himself in prison. To him, he probably was thinking, okay, so I did not sin. You know, I did not have sex with this lady. And all of a sudden, I get arrested and now I'm in prison. But we see here that even in that circumstance, God granted him favor and God granted him success. God gave him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. What does that say? Let me tell you something. If you have been practicing purity, if you have been practicing holiness, if you have been saving yourself until marriage, right, to be sexually active, sexually intimate with the one that God has for you, I want to encourage you as a sister in Christ to continue on doing so. Don't let the voice of the enemy, don't let the voice of the world, don't let the voice of even your friends try to make you commit sin against God because it's not because it's not anyone else you're committing that sin to but you're committing it to God you're breaking um, God's command you're hurting God in a way you're displeasing God God loves you too much to see you get yourself you know have a soul tie with somebody he did not even destined to be your life partner he did not even destined to be your kingdom partner he did not even destined to be your godly wife or your godly husband And so if you are still practicing abstinence, 
I encourage you to continue on. And I'm and I want to let you know that I'm proud of you for deciding to wait. Because let me tell you, it will be worth the wait. Let me tell you, even now, God's favor is on your life. Let me tell you, because you've decided to do this, God is about to bless so many of you guys who've decided to do this. God is about to do the exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine in your life. Some of you guys have been waiting. Some of you guys have been questioning if it's worth the wait. Well, I'm telling you, it is worth the wait. God is about to bless you with your boy. God is about to bless you with your Ruth and she or he is going to surpass all of your expectations because you decided to please God. You did not decide to please your flesh. You did not decide to please men. You did not decide to please the culture and society and what they have to say, but you decided to please God and God is saying, well done, my son. God is saying, well done, my daughter. Let me continue on. Verse 22. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. We see a similar pattern here. Potiphar put Joseph in charge of all of his possessions. Potiphar um, made Joseph responsible of everything that he had, right? We see here God is still giving Joseph responsibility. He's still giving Joseph high status, even in prison. So that says to you, no matter where you are, God is going to cause you to prosper. It may seem like there's no light shining through where you are. God is going to cause that light to shine through. It it doesn't matter if you are in the valley or you're in front of the mountain. God is going to cause you to prosper. So continue to take courage. Stay encouraged and believe God. Because God, this God I, I know of, he is watching you. And his eyes is always on those who love him, those who fear him, those who want to please him. Those who want to be obedient to his spirit and not obedient to their flesh. And verse 23, it continues and says, The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Amen. Now, I want to go ahead and pause here. I want to go ahead and pause here and speak to all the men who are listening to this podcast episode. My brothers, (laughs) um, I'm not saying all of you, but... I feel that you as a brother in Christ, if you're truly a brother in Christ, I want to urge you to step up and to be able to really be mentors to your other brothers who you see, perhaps, you know, they say that they're Christians, but yet their lifestyle says otherwise. Go ahead and be bold and to be able to encourage them to, you know, walk out their faith sincerely, encourage them, you know, to practice abstinence, encourage them to, you know, practice purity and and, and practice holiness. Because again, it's not just for the women, it's for you too, the men, you know, that is truly when, when there's a man, you know, when you see a man who is able to really, um, to be holy and to be pure before the sight of God, that man is a man who is really, you know, powerful. If you cannot do that, if you cannot resist the urge of temptation, if you cannot, you know, control your your um, your hormones, if you cannot look at a young woman and say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to force her to do anything. I'm going to respect her because I know the God that I serve is watching me. You are a man of power and God is going to bless you with the same favor he blessed Joseph. God is going to bless you with an amazing wife that he blessed King Exorcist to have, which was Esther. 
Continue to stay there, my friend. Continue to practice what you're doing because God is not a man to lie. God sees you and God will honor your faithfulness. And again, I encourage you to, you know, encourage your other brothers, encourage your friends too, to be able to really live that life, surrendering all to God and really pleasing God, not in just speech, but in their attitudes and their actions and, you know, and, and to really be able to treat their sisters in Christ with respect and not really forcing their sisters in Christ to disobey God. I feel like a lot of men, I feel like even some men who proclaim themselves as Christians are forcing their sisters in Christ to disobey God in order to please them. And I'm telling you guys, if you are doing this, you are out of line and you need to repent about it. You need to take that to the, to the Lord and repent of it. And, and really stay the course and allow the Holy Spirit to really change your desires to be whatever God desires for you. Amen. Speaking on Esther, I want to go ahead and um, read Esther 2 verse 2. And um, Esther 2 verse 2 says this. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, let a search be made for a beautiful, for, excuse me, for beautiful young virgins for the king. Now, uh, I want to go ahead and discuss Esther because tonight I really wanted to speak to the men and to the women. want to show you how really, you know, um, purity and holiness and really waiting until marriage to have sex is not just to the women that God is addressing it, but he's addressing it to the men. So he's addressing it to all of us. And so I really wanted to take passages and stories from the Bible um, that speaks about men and women who are actually... um, practicing holiness and practicing purity because they truly want to please God. And while they're doing this, God really saw them and God blessed them with his favor and and blessed them to have success. And Esther was one of those people. Esther, she was an adopted um, orphan. She was adopted by her cousin Mordecai. She didn't have any mother and father. Just giving you guys a quick synopsis of the story. And, um... She was one of those women. She was one of the virgins that were sent to the king's palace um, to be able to see if she was a great candidate for the king to become his new wife. Because we all know, well, most of us, we all know that the king, King Exorcist, his wife, excuse me, his wife Vashti was really a woman who, who loved herself, to be honest. She loved herself more than anyone else. She loved herself more than her own husband. Um, she didn't respect her husband. She just wanted to have things her way and only her way. And so... King Exorcist got fed up, and he he was like, you know what, you're not queen no more. You get you need to get to stepping. And then um, he was she wasn't his wife anymore. And so um, one of the servants of the king suggested to him, you know, to have this search, and that is what Esther two verse two is saying. You know, let us search, let a search be made for a beautiful young woman um, for the king. Okay, and on to verse fifteen. I want to read this. When the turn came for Esther, the young woman Mordecai had adopted, the daughter of his uncle, Abihel, to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch, was in charge of Haram, who was in charge of Haram, suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. And I wanted to read this to show you guys the parallel between Esther's character, right, and as well as Joseph. We see here both Joseph and Esther, they were humble. They had humility. And they had respect for those who were above them, who were in charge of them, right? 
Esther greatly respected her cousin Mordecai who adopted her. And also she respected those who were the servants of the king, King Exorcist. Just like um, Joseph was respectful of Potiphar and he was respectful of Potiphar's wife. And most importantly, he respected God. He honored God. And we saw that is the reason that Joseph had great favor from the Lord. And he even had great favor in the eyes of men. And we see the same thing here is playing out in, in, in Esther's life here in Esther chapter 2. And I wanted to say all of this to you guys to show you that when you are practicing godliness, right? When you are desiring to live a godly life, God is going to allow you to go to places you've never dreamed of. God is going to allow you to have connections that you never imagined would be possible. God is going to allow you to even have favor in the sight of people. You may say, oh, he is too good for me or she is too good for me. There's no way this person could become my wife. There's no this. There's no way this person can become my husband. But guess what? Esther was an orphan, y'all. A poor orphan at that. She became queen. She was by no chance, you know, should have been queen. Based on her status, based on her background, she had no chance. But because she had favor from God and because of her humility, she even had favor from men. She had favor from the eunuch that served the king. That also granted her to have um, um, favor with King Exorcist. I'm going to be honest with you all. I don't just believe it's because the way that the Bible described because of her faith, excuse me, because of her figure, the Bible lets us know in Esther that Esther, she had a beautiful figure and she was a beautiful young girl. And also she was a virgin. So we know Esther practiced abstinence. We know ex Esther was a virgin. But to be honest with you, it wasn't just because of her physical beauty that caught the eyes of the eunuchs, that caught the eyes of the king. It was something else about her. It was her character. It was her humility. She wasn't boastful. She wasn't like Vashti. Remember, the reason why Vashti was not queen anymore is because she was so conceited. She was so prideful. She only cared about herself. And let me tell you, you can be beautiful in the in the outside, but if inside you ugly, your king is going <laughs> to... On the inside, if you are not beautiful, meaning if you do not have a kind spirit, you don't treat people with you don't treat people with respect. With respect, right? You don't treat people fairly. You don't honor people. You're always looking down on people. Guess you're not beautiful on the inside. You will not win favor from God. Young men, if you are not gentle. If you think because you're a man, you can't be a gentleman. You can't be gentle with your words and with your actions. Guess what? You are not going to have favor. Yes, God lo will love you, right? God loves all people because he created all people. But guess what? The favor is reserved for those who will take the extra mile. For those who will humble themselves. Because only when we humble ourselves does the Lord lift us up. And it says here. In verse 17, let me continue. In Esther chapter 2, verse 17. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women. And she won his favor and approval more than any of the other versions. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. He was attracted to Esther more than any other women. She wasn't the only one that was beautiful in that palace, y'all. 
Young lady, she was not the only one that was beautiful in that palace. The word of God said the king was attracted to her more than any of the other women. There was something special about Esther and it was more than her beauty. Because she wasn't the only one that was beautiful in that place, girl. <laughs> there was something very unique about her. And it was, to be honest with you, it was how she carried herself. It was how she treated other people. She treated other people with love, with kindness. She was caring, you know. And, and, and she was, again, she was humbled. She knew how to really bow down before people. And one of the verses we read, she even said, I, you, know, you know, Esther, she didn't even ask or suggest anything. Only what was suggested to her. So she was in a, she was in bossy. All right. She didn't act like she knew everything. She was able to listen. She was able to listen to get wisdom, to get advice from other people who she knew had great connections to the king. The person who was helping Esther was one of the king's eunuchs. She was smart enough to know that she she's supposed to be nice to this man because he has connection to the king. He is close to the king. And she was able to find favor in the eyes of the eunuch. And I'm really sure, too, that was to her advantage. And the Bible lets us know she had great favor in the eyes of the king as well. And she became king. The king placed the very crown that belonged to Vashti on Esther's head. Guys, what am I trying to say here? It is worth the wait. It is worth the wait. It is worth you waiting to be sexually intimate only in the context of marriage with the person that God has ordained to be your godly spouse. But most importantly, do it for the Lord. Don't you love God? Don't you love Jesus? Do you profess yourself as a devoted Christian, a devoted believer of Christ Jesus? God risked it all for you. He risked it all for you. He gave his life for you. When will you give your life for him? When will you honor him in all you do? When will you be holy in all you do like we just read? Like we just read in 1 Peter 1 verse 16. You know, the book of Solomon, the songs of Solomon, you know, several times it says this phrase. It says this line, do not arouse love or awaken love until it so desires. And some translation says that the word desires means until it's proper time. And we all know as believers, as Christians, that the proper time to arouse or awaken love is in the context of marriage. I don't care what your friend said. I don't care what that, <laughs> what that relationship coach said. I don't care about what society or culture is saying. The proper time is in the context of marriage. It's not when you, my sister, saying, oh, I love him. I know that he's alone. He's my baby daddy. No, 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 no. It's not when you think so, but it is when you both agree before the Lord and the sight of God and the sight of the witnesses, which is your friends and family members, that this is the person that God has chosen for you that you will be with for the rest of your life. In the context of marriage is the proper time here. Do not arouse love or awaken love until it so desires. This is coming from Songs of Solomon, the word of God. And again, if we go back to Psalm 119 verse 9, as, 9, as we said earlier on, the way that we could keep ourselves pure is by doing what? Reading the word of God, meditating on the word of God, living according to the word of God. And this right here is in the word of God. The Lord knows when we 
arose, you know, arouse, excuse me, love or awaken it, we are going to be tempted to do what? To do it. Don't surround yourself with things that's going to allow you to sin against God. Flee from those things. Flee from those things. One of the most interesting verses that I've discovered in Song of Solomon comes from Songs of Solomon chapter 4 verse 12. And here it is Solomon speaking to the bride mentioned in the book of Songs of Solomon. And And he says to her, you are a garden locked up. My sister, my bride, you are a spring enclosed in sealed fountain. You are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed, a sealed fountain. A garden that's locked up is not a garden that's easily accessible by anyone. And so here in the context of this verse, we are we are here, we can say that he sees this bride or he sees this woman as someone who is veiled, meaning someone who is, you know, it's not really practicing uh, um, sexual intimacy or perhaps maybe has not given herself away. You know, you are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You are a spring enclosed, a sealed foundation. Something that is sealed is shut tight. It didn't have any access by anyone. You know, God wants you, my sisters. He wants you to be sealed. He wants you to be guarded. You know, God wants to guard your heart. He doesn't want to just give your heart away to any counterfeits. He doesn't want to just give your heart away to any man. Because God understands how powerful love is. God understands how powerful soul ties are. God understands if you end up getting yourself tied up to an individual that was never destined to be with you, it's going to take a a, a good amount of time for that detachment to happen. For you to be detached to that person. And again, he says you are spring enclosed, a sealed foundation. You are locked up. You are locked up and the only person that needs to unlock you is someone who is equally devoted to the Lord as you. Someone who respects you enough to know as well that they will be obedient unto your words. That they will be obedient unto your dedication to really live a life of holiness and purity to God. And that if that individual really loves you, my sister, he's going to wait until marriage to allow you to be sexually intimate with him. He's not going to force you. He's not going to give you tactics. He's not going to say, but if you love me, then you will give me some. He's not going to do all of that. And if he does, sister, I'm telling you, run away. Run just like Joseph did from Potiphar's wife. Run away. And I want to go ahead and um, share this other verse with you guys from Songs of Solomon. And it's from chapter 5, I believe. And there Solomon said, Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the beautiful young women. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the beautiful young women. Like a lily among thorns. We know thorns are... <laughs> we know thorns are dangerous. We know if, if, if we pick up a thorn that... The bristle of the thorn will cause us to have a cut, will cause us to bleed, will cause us to be in pain, right? And he's describing this young lady, a lily among thorns, a lily among thorns. Thorns are dangerous. Lilies are pleasing to look at, right? Lilies are soft, right? Lilies are delicate. And so this 
person now, if he's describing her as a lily among thorns, meaning that she is delicate in the sense where she is not harsh. And also, um, how can I say this? She is different too. She is unique. If she's the only lily among thorns, that means she is unique. There's something beautiful about her. There's something that stands out about her. And I pray and I pray and I pray that something is beautiful about you. It's not just going to be your physical um, appearance, but it's going to be your heart for the Lord. I pray it's going to be your spirit because at the end of the day, our spirit never ages. I don't know if you guys were familiar with the face app. I saw a lot of people using that face app. I didn't use it, but I saw a lot of people use it. And they were able to kind of have an idea of how they would look when they get older, right? So beauty is fleeting, the Bible says. So you may look beautiful right now, but when you get old, some of the beauty that you had in your youth is going to disappear. But guess what? Your spirit will continue to live on your spirit will continue to be the same way it is even when you were in your in your in your um 30s and now you're probably going to be in your 90s guess what you're going to still be youthful you're going to still be on fire for god your spirit will live on and i pray and i pray that your spirit for the lord just gets beautiful and i pray that your spirit just get more beautiful and that it radiates the glory of God even more as you continue to allow God's spirit to continue to bless you, to please God in all that you do, to remain pure and to remain holy and, and to remain someone who is someone that is after God's own heart, someone who wants to pursue righteousness and holiness and peace and so forth. Someone who always wants to stay in the house of God and to do his bidding, to really practice uh, um, the law of the Lord and to keep the word of God in your heart and to remain obedient to God's word. I wanted to go ahead and continue. Um, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, you know, um, when it comes to the proper time, you see, so we we shared that Songs of Solomon's, there were specific parts of Songs of Solomon. continue to bless you to become more beautiful as you continue to allow God's Holy Spirit to bless you to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. Now we're going to go ahead and continue on with the episode. Just like we shared earlier, we spoke a little bit about, you know, um, how when a man leaves his mother and father and becomes one with his wife, that in fact is taking place. It's coming from the book of Genesis. It's coming from the story of Adam and Eve. And I want to go ahead and speak more on that. And this story is found in Genesis 2 verse 24. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because in the book of Songs of Solomon, there are specific parts of that book which, you know, we see here the lady, we're assuming the bride of Solomon, kept saying on here, you know, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires and there are certain translations the word desires or so desires means it's proper time and so we as believers we know the only proper time for sexual intimacy is in the, again the context of marriage i know i sound like a broken record but i'm going to continue on saying it it's in the context of marriage and we have proof of this coming from the story of adam and eve and genesis chapter 2 
In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, I'll be reading, it says that is that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. You see, this is the proper time to arouse or awaken love in order for one to become one flesh. And before that verse, we see here that God himself saw that it was not fit for Adam to be alone. And he took the rib of Adam to create Eve and he presented Eve to Adam. So here we're seeing God the Father himself officiating this wedding, this marriage between Adam and Eve. Yes, you heard right. God officiated the wedding, the marriage of Adam and Eve. What am I saying here? It is worth the wait, my brothers and sisters, for you to allow God to officiate your wedding, to officiate your marriage, to really bring to your presence, into your life, the godly spouse he ordained for you. Who best to do it but God? Who best to do it but the one who knows your very heart, the one who knows what's right for you, the one who knows your desires, and the one who knows the lady you're going to become in the future the men are going to become in the future who knows best except god god is perfect again in all of his ways we explained that in our in our recent episode god's ways are perfect god does not make mistakes but we do when you allow god to choose for you when you wait upon the lord to choose for you to bring that special someone into your life you can be sure that God's choice was specifically designed just for you. And that it was exactly what you needed and also what you wanted. And I want you guys to pay attention to that passage, right? In Genesis 2. And it says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So right after God officiated the wedding of Adam and Eve and brought them together. Right after God presented Eve to Adam and Adam recognized that Eve was his wife. The Bible says Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. This means that Adam and Eve, because they did it in the sight of God, because they did it in a way that was pleasing to God, because they did not do it uh, um, outside of marriage, right? They did not become sexually intimate outside of marriage. They were not ashamed. They didn't have no shame. But guess what? When we decide to be obedient to our flesh, when we decide to listen to our emotions, when we decide to fall to temptation, once we realize we've given ourselves away, we've given our virginity away, shame comes and takes charge over our soul. Shame comes and consumes us. Now we are shameful. We say to ourselves, man, I've sinned against God. I did not save myself until marriage. I crossed the line. I did not protect myself in this relationship. I did not implement any boundaries. I just said, you know, whatever goes, goes. I did not protect my heart. I did not guard my heart. I did not see my worth and my value. I did not see myself as one, you know, that was precious in the sight of the Lord. I didn't see myself as 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 one that was meant to give myself away only to the one that God has for me. What else happens? Condemnation comes in and you perhaps start to feel depression, right? You become depressed. The Bible says Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. When you choose to do it God's way, brothers and sisters, let me tell you, you will not have no shame. You will not have no regret. 
It is when we allow ourselves to fall short of doing it God's way, we will have shame, we will have regret. But even then, there is grace. There is grace for you. I don't know, maybe perhaps you who are listening to this podcast episode, maybe you've been out of line. Maybe you did not run away like Joseph did and you, you, you find yourself, you know, caught in sin. You, you, you perhaps already have given your virginity away and you're not practicing abstinence. It's still not too late for you. You can go ahead and rededicate yourself to the Lord. You can go ahead and rededicate yourself to staying pure and holy in the sight of God. And saying to yourself, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the one that God has for me. For me, in the context of marriage, to be sexually intimate with that person. And I'm going to give myself boundaries when it comes to dating, when it comes to a future relationship that I'm going to uphold boundaries that I will not step upon and that I will respect and also the person that I choose to be with will respect to glorify God. Because I know if I do this, I will not regret it and I will not be ashamed. I will not have shame. Now, speaking of shame, you know, And speaking of love and all of that and sexual intimacy, let's go ahead and go back quickly to the book of Songs of Solomon. And, you know, a lot of people sometimes may say, oh, wow, you know, sex is so good. If sex is a gift from God, then how come we can't just, you know, just, you know, how come we have to wait all the way until we're married to to experience it, you know? Some people think that it's just a religious thing to save yourself for marriage, to be sexually intimate. But everything that God has commanded us to do in his word is for good intentions, is for good reasons. In Songs of Solomon, there's a verse here and it says, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. Is jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Like a mighty flame. And I believe, again, this is in chapter 5. Songs of Solomon, chapter 5. It says, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. Strong as death. It's comparing love to death, people. Love is as strong as death. Is jealousy unyielding as the grave it burns like blazing fire like a mighty flame now do you all understand why god wants for us to wait in the context of marriage (laughs) to be sexually intimate love is a powerful thing and that is why when you've fallen in love and you've gotten your heart broken you've experienced heartbreak that is is something that's very difficult to heal from and it's even more difficult to heal from when you were sexually invested with that person when you were emotionally connected with that person and that's why it's so important even when we are dating or even when we are in relationships we create boundaries and we practice these boundaries in order to protect our own hearts because at the end of the day sometimes who you're dating or who you're with presently may not be the one that god intended for you to marry and so you have to treat that individual like your brother and like your sister so you have to honor them and respect them inside of god and in your presence 
because you know that that person is potential potentially someone else's wife or someone else's husband all right wow strong as death jealousy unyielding as his grave it burns like blazing fire like a mighty flame my gosh but the only thing I want to go ahead and address this one once more that can help me that can help you that can help all of us really to make sure we win this fight against temptation we make sure we win this fight against you know um sexual sin and make sure that we win this fight you know against you know our eyes the the windows of our eyes and trying to like not be of this world right not do what the world is doing not listen um to the trends of this world you know this world is very sex sexual in a way like they promote sex um sex outside of marriage they don't want nothing to do it's like a lot of people right the society and culture they're they're promoting they're promoting sex but they're not promoting marriage i don't I understand <laughs> so it is very crazy and just like psalm 119 verse 9 another verse that we can meditate on to really help us especially as millennials and young people who desire to please god and really live a godly life and who desire to be in godly relationships be in godly marriages and also to even have a wonderful singlehood experience season of singlehood and making sure we continue on practicing holiness and purity in our in our singlehood because it's important too to do that in our singlehood listen holiness and purity is not just about being absent it's not just about you just waiting until marriage to have sex it's you being pure in your thoughts it's you being pure in your actions is you being pure in, in your lifestyle in general and this verse i'm referring to it's coming from philippians philippians 4 verse 8 and it says Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That settles it. God wants us to dwell on these things. He wants our thoughts to be pure thoughts. He wants our thoughts to be noble. Whatever that's not that, he does not want us to be thinking those thoughts. And so we have to train ourselves to really think the way that God wants us to think. And again, the only way that we can is having our mind renewed by the word of God, our mind transformed by the word of God and with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 15 verse 3, another good one. It says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. We have to keep in mind that God is not just in the church. He's not just in the church building. He's not just in the sanctuary. God is everywhere. God surrounds us everywhere. His eyes is looking at both the wicked and the good. God sees your actions, my sister. He sees your actions, my brothers. And God can even hear our thoughts. And God knows our motives. We have to make sure that our motives is holy. Our motive is pure. Our thoughts is holy. Our thoughts is pure. And that even when no one else is looking at us, that we know that we must make the right choice and decision because our Heavenly Father sees us. Our Heavenly Father sees us. And um, just finishing, you know, reflecting on that verse, I come again to um, think about David, right? Now, the Bible explained to us that David was a, was a man after God's own heart. But even though he was a man after God's own heart, um, 
prior to that, prior to when, you know, the Bible described him as being a man after God's own heart, David committed adultery and David, (laughs) it was no mistake. He definitely planned to commit adultery and he just did that. He went ahead and did just that Um, to the point where he literally planned to to um, murder, to assassin, or to cause someone else to murder the wife of one of his own servant and one of his own militant, Yura. And um, he ended up sleeping with his wife, right? And so forth. And it was so bad that, you know, the wife ended up getting pregnant, but then the baby ended up dying. And the reason why the baby ended up dying is because the Lord, you see, God is such a sovereign God and God is such a God of his word that there are times, although God will indeed forgive us, but there are certain consequences we will still face for our sins, for our shortcomings. And God ended up, you know, allowing, you know, the, 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 um, David's son to pass away, um, David's baby with the wife of the, the baby he had with the wife of Yura, um, to pass away, unfortunately, but it's because God, again, is a sovereign God and he's a God of his word and God, you know, he does not play around with sin. He doesn't like sin and he doesn't like when we choose sin over him. And there was a time David understood that it was because of his action that happened um and you can say that after that David began to become more mature um as he learned from his consequences and so forth um and this story I'm referring to I don't have time to you know say much of it but if you're interested it's coming from 2 Samuel um verse 11 to 27 and um the end of 27 when you get a chance on your free time it says this it says but the thing which david had done was evil in the eyes of yahweh although god loved and loved david he loved david dearly but david's action did not change god's mind when it comes to judgment or when it comes to uh, the consequences that is attached to a bad action we take says, but the thing which David had done was evil in the eyes of Yahweh. Know, guys, know that when we decide to cross the line and practice, you know, or have sex outside of marriage, that is not pleasing in the sight of God. Or when we decide to be unfaithful in the relationship that we're in and we decide to cheat is not pleasing in the eyes of God. Just like, it, you know, God was not pleased with David when he did it. He will not be pleased with you if you did it or have done it and you did not repent of it. And if you have, I strongly encourage you to repent of it, to turn to God because there is no sin that God cannot forgive. Um, and so, yeah. And so even there's a story in the Bible as well in Jeremiah chapter 2 where God is describing the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, an unfaithful wife. And he's even describing them like, like a prostitute, right? And someone who, you know, is an adulterous woman. God really wants us to abstain ourselves from sexual sins. And he really wants us to really value holiness and to practice holiness. And I really, you know, really wanted to make sure that the second episode of this series, I would touch on this because I know that it's something that a lot of young people struggle with and not just young people, but 
people of all ages struggle with this. Millennials struggle with this. It's like we love God and everything and we proclaim his name. But when it comes to practicing abstinence, when it comes to practicing purity and holiness, we do not want to be a part of that. We do not want to do it the right way. We want to be lukewarm with it. But I encourage you after you've listened to this episode that you will change your mind. That even if you were not waiting and even if you you know, cross the line and perhaps you're not a virgin anymore. I pray and I encourage you to turn yourself back to God, come back to God and repent of it and and, and, and rededicate that vow that you made to the Lord and, and decide to wait and say, Lord God, I'm a wait. God, I probably, God, I ended up not being a virgin. I'm, not, I'm no longer a virgin, Lord, but I would love to practice abstinence. I would love to practice purity. I would love to practice holiness. And this time, Father, I want you to be the one to bring uh, a, a God ordained, a, a relationship you've ordained for me to step into, that you would bring to me the godly spouse that you have ordained for me to be with. You know, make this season, season the season that you allow God to choose for you. Haven't you been tired of choosing, you know, your... <laughs> you know, your, your significant other? Don't you think it's time for God to do it? Have you been pleased with the choices that you've made in your past? Some of us, I'm sure we don't, we, we don't think so. We're not really pleased. And so from that being said, let us decide this season to allow God not only to have access to our hearts on the weekends when we go to church, but to have access in our hearts weekdays, to have access in our hearts when it comes to our desires, when it comes to our dreams, when it comes to our aspirations, and most importantly, when it comes to um, our relationships and who we desire to marry. All right. So guys, I hope that you guys absolutely enjoyed the episode. I would greatly encourage for all of you to leave a review or comment on iTunes or even on social media. Make sure if you've not yet followed me on Instagram to please follow me at it's underscore JLP. There you will receive great um, encouragement to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. And you can also connect with me via my website, jlpnetwork.com and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash JLP Network. Make sure that you will attend the Mastering Singlehood live session, our very first session of this year, which will be held August 17th. Can't wait to meet all of you. Um, and yeah, keep up with the episodes, y'all. Um, this series, I'm enjoying it. I hope that you guys are enjoying it. And remember, all things are possible through Christ Jesus. Take care. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>